here is the sexiness. You got a bag. Psych. It's about a crappy friend. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> The cloning at the end is hilarious to me. I remember that very vividly. Like, that's the scene that I remember the most from this music video is the cloning at the end. She's she singing like dancing. I'm yeah. And I was like, girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Jan. That's Chris. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And for today's episode, we are discussing All Saints' debut album. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Well, Shan and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists, songs, and careers, and also interview music industry professionals. So you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our awesome crew, which includes Lisette, Lily, Emily, and Juliet. So subscribe now. And let's explore the world of pop music together. Yes, together we can. Mm. All Saints. Now, someone requested that we do this for our our eternal, under our eternal comments. Someone did it. And then someone else mentioned it under another Britpop act. It's just been, people have been asking. We have not been ignoring you. It's just that I had to learn. (laughs) Chris has been trying to like, give me the scoop. (laughs) Yes. They're great. I like them. Mm. Yeah, I think I think during the pandemic, so just to give some context mm-hmm. for everybody, during the pandemic, I gave Shan a huge crash course in British pop music. <laughs> and I did yes. basically what eventually turned into our pop 101s, where I kind of just went through the career and was kind of like, okay, this is their first single, then this was their breakthrough hit, and yeah. And All Saints was one of the lists, was one of the ones that we did. Mm-hmm. And I remember you liking them a lot actually oh yeah <laughs> yeah i got some ads um, and yeah this definitely is our most requested artist i think here on cctv like it wasn't just on the sugar babes ones it's also on the all it's on, also on the girls loud episodes it's on the steps episodes it's like on everything so we're finally getting into it and we're going to start with some album reviews and then they do have an interesting career as well so eventually a 101 would uh-huh. be fun but yes i'm a big fan of All Saints, they are they are up there in my like top ten favorite girl groups, I would say, and they were a great counter to the Spice Girls at the time. They were the cool ones. They were more mature, and I actually have grown to appreciate their music a bit more actually as I've gotten older as well. So yeah, I'm excited to get into them, and I have no idea what you think of any of these songs really. So this is true. <laughs> very excited for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not me giggling like maniacally like. <laughs> But yeah, let's get into it. We're going to go track by track and talk about the album. Oh, Saints, it's a subtitled album, which is great. You didn't know who they were. (laughs) So released in November 1997, All Saints' debut album is one of the most successful girl groups album of all time, with over 5 million copies sold worldwide and reaching platinum status in countries including the U.S. Wow, look at us. Finally accepting some Brit pop. (laughs) 
With member Shazne at the creative helm and a slew of number one singles, this album remains as a treasured project for pop fans 25 years later. Okay, we will now go track by track and discuss the production, vocals, and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. So, starting with Never Ever, which was done by Shazne Lewis, Sean Maestro Mather, Robert Esmel Jazieri, Magnus Fiennes, and Cameron McVeigh. And Ooh. this was released as the second single from the album, and the song remains one of All Saints' biggest hits and arguably their biggest hit worldwide as well, hitting number one in several countries including the UK and Australia, and peaking in the top ten in the US, Canada, and all over Europe and Asia. Next to Spice Girls' Wannabe and Little Mix's Shout Out to My Ex, the song is the <laughs> third highest-selling girl group single ever in the UK. Sheesh! So Shazne wrote the song after breaking up with her boyfriend, and she interpolated the melody of Amazing Grace. And the song won two Brit Awards in 1998 for Best British Single and Best Music Video. And speaking of the music video, there are two. There's the original version, and then the second version primarily made for the U.S. market. So, what do you think of Never Ever? Oh, man. What a long intro. You know the funny thing is, I'm used to, like, speaking... (laughs) Someone's going to be like, as soon as I said that, someone's going to be like, she's a hater. I'm not hating. I'm just it's saying, iconic. It's a, yeah. It's one of those very brave moments where there is not much going on except oohs and ah. Not even ahs. Just oohs. It's a lot of oohs. <laughs> yeah. so and you have somebody talking like, well, I don't know what happened. Like, why did we break up? And I just don't understand. And blah, blah, blah. I need you to talk to me. And personally, me, I am this kind of person where I'm like, I need to write things down like, Give them people letters. I'm a, I even said something in the video at one point. And I was like, we need to talk. Can we talk about this? I don't like this whole like weirdness. Even if we don't reconcile, I'd like to know how to not make this mistake again. And that was expressed in this, uh, the verse. And it's interesting because it's very relatable and realistic in terms of what people who want answers would do. Some people are like, I don't need closure. Closure is a luxury. But this one is interesting because it's like it's like writing in your diary or like a journal or even now in the notes app paragraph after paragraph about the person that hurts you <laughs> so yeah i had no clue what the song was about as a kid but i remember it oddly i don't know because it, it was have... huge yeah but i was little so i was t- yeah <laughs> like, but they were still <laughs> playing it after that you know <laughs> this I song has just... transcended people remember this one even in the u.s that's what i'm saying but i don't know where yeah. like, like like i can tell you where i heard this one of this like oh yeah i heard girls aloud because of vh1 this one i don't know if it was a movie yeah. Or a TV show. I don't know why. Because when you played it, I was like, why do I know this show? And it could be because of the Amazing Grace interpolation. But I do like it. I think once the vocals come in, you're like, oh, hang on. This group can sing. And they also don't sound like teenagers, which is a, I can appreciate. But yeah, I think some parts, like the part that really sticks out to me is um the, the vocabulary runs through my head like A to Z. I was like, Z. And I realized yeah. that everyone else says that except Americans. But um, but yeah, that stuck out to me. I, <laughs> I love that. Um, and I think this song is reminiscent of what was so interesting about 90s pop music. We talked about it before with Eternal, how there'd be inspirations of gospel and and, and and choirs and pop music. I was wearing a Mariah Carey shirt even yesterday. And someone was like, I just miss her old stuff when she would like really go like take it to church. And it's true. A lot of people like that kind of feeling because it just it transcends just regular pop music. It feels like something more. But yeah, no, this song is really something that is special. And I can see why people liked it at the time. I too like this song. Um, mm. But I will say after listening to it, even like just taking away the whole like legacy of it, I had to listen to it and be like, do I actually like this song? And 
I would say yes. And I think what saves it for me is how how swingy the verses are. It feels like the they're writing the beat. So it doesn't feel like super poppy where it could have been cheesy. Like, as we go on, like that kind of super cheesy. Love that song. But it's very pop. This has a little bit of a cooler kind of like R&B, hip hop, head bop kind of feel to it. So you can appreciate a little bit more. You're heartbroken, but you can you keep going. I'm going to keep going. It hurts. I'm going to cry though. <laughs> you mm. know, and I appreciate that. So, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love this song. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty perfect as a pop song. I do think the six minute version is a tad excessive. So I do listen more so to the radio edit sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think the gospel inspiration here is really cool because uh, it's relatively subtle. Like, obviously, you have an organ, but it is balanced very well with the piano, the electric guitar licks, and it has the kind of R&B drum loop that, that was very common at the time as well. Uh, so yeah, I think the production is really, really well done. Uh, Nicole's intro is awesome. Like, I actually heard this song out at a bar once in London. And literally everyone just stops talking and just recites the whole thing. Like, it's kind of amazing. That's why it was like... <laughs> and even watching, like, these later festival performances that they've done in, in the later years and stuff, um, in more recent years, I, I should say, it's crazy how you just have, like, giant crowd. They know every single word. And it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful letter, like you said. And her delivery is so good. Like, it's melancholic, but it's not overly dramatic. So, yeah, I think she does a great job there. And then getting into the verses, Melanie and Chazney, I'm going to say this now because it's kind of true for the whole project. Like Melanie and Chazney balance each other vocally so well. Like they are meant to sing with each other. They both have very, very unique tones. So Shaz has more of a nasal quality and there's kind mm-hmm. of a natural sass to her voice. While yeah. Mel, on the other hand, is a little sweeter, more innocent. But then there's like an aloofness as well. And that aloofness is kind of also there for Shazne, which is why I think they blend so well together. But yeah, I just think they sound so good together. Yeah, just very effortlessly cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, who was it? I think it was like, you know, um, baby, baby, baby love. Diana Ross hated that song. Mm. And there's a point to this. She hated the song, but Barry Gordy kept the take where she was like, baby, baby, love it me. But because she has like a great, she's a great soprano vocalist. She has a nice blend in her voice. She, her head voice is very beautiful. It's very airy. That's the kind of vibe I get. It's not saying she doesn't care. I'm not saying that she doesn't, Nicole doesn't like the song. But that same tone, that aloofness, mm. that's what I hear too. It's very effortless. Because even for Diana, she did not like that song. But that's the take that they kept because mm. she's just that good. And that's, I get that. That's cool. Because I, I hear it, right? And I was like, I hear that. I totally hear that little, hmm. Yes, especially like, Melanie. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's you're right. It does. Yeah, so I concur. Love <laughs> That's that. My point. I concur. Yeah, and this song's cool because it is kind of conversational in the way it's written as well. So it is very internal and it's kind of depressing. But then they're singing it so nonchalantly that that it balances out so well. So it's not too yeah. sappy. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So there actually is a lot of behind the scenes drama with this song. Uh, so we'll get into that with the eventual 101, but just FYI. Oh, yes. But yes, so we have two music videos. What do you think of the two? Which one do you like more? It may be a secret. Maybe not. I don't know. But I don't say it a lot. Mm. But I've noticed that when Americans get a hold of a song mm. that already has a video, instead of just, I don't know, just replaying the video, maybe it's like a rights thing. I don't know. Maybe it could be a rights thing. I don't know how film stuff works like that. But why not use the same video? 
I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it either. In the Brit version, it's very much like reminiscent of a breakup. Like, I remember these memories with this person I was with. There's even a little chunky dog and they're in the apartment. Like, oh, who gets the dog? Like, it just feels like a breakup. Mm -hmm. In the American version, these young ladies are in a church. Why? Because someone heard church organs and was like, go to the, go to the, <laughs> go to the cathedral. Let's make it happen. Man, and the, ex was there explosions? Like, there was just a lot. There's explosions in both of them. So I think the explosions make more sense in the British video. That's what I'm saying. Because it's kind of cool because it's a representation of how they're feeling. Like, they're blowing up their apartments and stuff. You yes. Know? But I it think makes in the, sense. In the U.S. one, it's more just like fireworks, right? Or not fireworks, but it's like, yeah, random things like the the pipes and stuff like explode. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This is why I'm questioning why they were in the U.S. version. Because it was just like, what the heck? But in the Brit version, I was like, mm, I felt that. And again, even with the chunky dog, I was like, who gets the dog? In a breakup, that's a very important conversation to have. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I appreciated yes. it. And the girls were emoting. And you can kind of like, it was like the girls look super serious in the American version. But yeah. in the um, Brit version, Shadow even smirks a couple times. Mm. Like, there's a little bit of a, her head, she's leaning on her head in that head bop way. Like, I feel like they just, I don't know what happened. But, but yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. Um, mm. How do you feel about it? So, obviously, the U.S. video is the one that I know. Because that one was um, all over, like, VH1 and MTV and stuff at the time. Um, but I agree with you. I don't really get why they needed to refilm this one. Because I thought the U.K. video was very effective. And it fit the song perfectly. Uh -huh. What I really don't get in the U.S. one. Huh are the really random shots of, like, the flowers and the helicopter and the horse. And then they added sound effects to each of those things as well. And then I, of course, remember the end very well, the cloning. <laughs> the cloning at the end is hilarious to me. I remember that very vividly. Like, that's the scene that I remember the most from this music video, is the cloning at the end. Um, so, yeah, the British one definitely wins there. Did you have a chance to watch any of the performances? What did you think? Oh my god, I love the. I remember I said this had like a cool oh yeah, that little bop thing to it. Yeah, I forgot that that's what the choreography had, and it's so interesting looking at like the the way they were dressed. Like, but back then dressing like that was all the rage back in the nineties, you know. So I think it was really cool to see them dress like that because we had groups like that here in America. That mm -hmm. was just their uniform, like hey, SWV, Escape, all those groups yep. like that dressed like that. So to have them do that over there was really mm -hmm. cool, you know. So again, it just kind of adds that the hip-hop edge hands to this really sad little breakup song. I, me saying little isn't pejorative, but just as sad. It's like, oh, you know, I feel so sad, mm -hmm. but we're still cool bopping. So I liked it. And then their recent performance, like you said, um, about like how the intro spoken part, everyone knows it. Just watching them perform it at festivals, everyone's going, Did I not like, everyone's just like yelling it out. Like, I always start the fight. Like, it's great. So yeah, this this is one of those performances that I feel like at the time made sense for the choreography. It wasn't like this weird, like them, you know, breaking it down. It just fit. And mm -hmm. even how they perform it, they don't even have to bop. They can just let the audience sing the song. So kudos to them. I mean, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting watching it over the years because the blend and the harmonies have gotten way stronger through mm. the years as mm -hmm. well. I mean, this calls back to some of the drama I was referring to. But yeah, see, they're much happier now. Or I guess in the more recent performances, right? So, um, yeah, it's nice to see them performing it nowadays. But yeah, I find the choreography very funny, like the step pop thing. Oh, you don't, you don't, you it's don't, fun. 
break it back. <laughs> the nineties were so extra with those bops. Like what? absolutely. <laughs> we make fun of it to these days. Oh man. All right. So that being said, what do you give the score? I think I know your score. I'm very obviously a 10. The song is amazing. How about you? Hmm. Like I said, I had to kind of listen to this without the nostalgia attached to it and mm-hmm. like the legacies left behind. And because it's super long, I'm going to give it a 9.5 because it's not like, oh my God, to me, because it's okay. my sensibilities. I'll give it a 9.5. I'm sitting at a 9 for a minute. Okay. Maybe even lower. All right. But Interesting. Not, it's at a 9 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The British people will be very mad at you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> be mad then. <laughs> Hold the All right. Back. Up next is Booty Call. And this was done by Shazne Lewis and Carl Gordon, a.k.a. KG. And this was released as the fourth single from the album. And Booty Call continued the number one streak for the group in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Getting into some fun stuff now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's always been a weird one for me, honestly. Right. Because I remember not thinking much of it as a kid. Which makes sense, oh. right? I was oh, like yeah, seven. Sure. Or eight. And I was like, I don't know what they're singing about. And like, it's quite like a monotone song. And so I was kind of just like, I just didn't really get it as a kid. Now I do, though. Now I think it's really cool. So it's one of those that has grown on me quite a lot. I do (laughs) still think, though, it was kind of a risk as a single. Like, it's kind of a weird one for a single, but I'm glad it went to number one. That's awesome. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. But the lyrics are super cheeky, very sassy. I do love the confidence of it all. Uh-huh. And it kind of reflects a lot of different aspects of a hookup, too. Like, it's not just about a one-night stand or whatever. Like, they talk about their emotions and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It gets, like, kind of deep, which I appreciate. No, it does. It's just so funny. Yeah. There's layers to my... Yeah, there's layers to their booty calls. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so KG is known as the unofficial fifth member of All Saints because he was kind of a big part of them like creating their sound and and in partnership with Chazenay as well, of course. And he has a really cool production style. Like there's a lot of tension in it. Uh-huh. I love the little phone sounds and the beeps and the breaths. It just makes it all feel very dangerous. Yeah. I don't love the vocal loop of him. I think it's him doing the, uh, you know. I'm crying. It's like, get out of here. The chorus is cool. It's very simple, you know. Bring it on, bring it, bring it on. Yeah, But yeah. it builds nicely. It kind of starts with the low octave, then they bring in the harmonies and the higher octave. And then mm-hmm. with the verses, you get the members switching in and out. There's some talky moments. There's some singing moments. Um, so it's kind of conversational as well. So even though the melody is like kind of monotonous, they do a good job with the execution. And all the verses are, are kind of different from each other as well. So yeah, I just think it's a cool track. And when they sing it live, there's even more harmonies as well, which I love. Yeah, so yeah. we love a little bit of an elevation in a track. Mm-hmm. We love it. This one is interesting because when I heard it, I was like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And then I heard that little, that beatboxing, rapid beatboxing things. Mm. And it reminded me of Timbaland. And I know, obviously, KG became before, but that loop is also in Aliyah's I Miss You. And she had recorded that before her passing. So she was like, what, 19, 19 around the same time. Mm. So it was interesting kind of. Like here, yeah, she had recorded it like when she was like 17, 19, around like the one in the million era. So that kind of that loop I latched onto and I was like, am I gonna like this song? And I do, I actually do like it. Um, it made me like tune in very keenly when I heard that. And I think I like the way it is because it does sound like RB, it sounds like t- uh, TLC actually, like the way it's delivered. It sounds like TLC, like the first ish album, like less hip hoppy, 
well, no, it's just as hip hop, but not as like New Jack Swingy. There we mm-hmm. go. As the debut TLC album. And um, I appreciate the line distribution. I think because it has that 90s R&B vibe, the line distribution came as like a, a nice refreshing, you know, take. Because coming in and out with vocals and like all these little rap talky bits, it just reminds me of what's going on with K-pop now. And I think I texted you one night about All Saints being the blueprint for K-pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, it wasn't this song, but I was like, oh my God. She definitely is like an inspiration. Like I was like, <laughs> and this, <laughs> but you know, I mean, totally like we joke about it, but I mean, K-pop is back in the day was known for like finding these random European tracks and like remaking them. So I could see this being that and revamped in some K-poppy way, but this song is fun. I like it. It it fits in my sensibilities of what I used to like when I was younger and it, it holds up for the most part. And I like that mm-hmm. it's not like six minutes long. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's I'm what the radio teasing. edit's for. I know, yeah. I'm totally teasing. Uh, okay, so what did you think of the music video and the performances? So the music video was interesting because of, the, like, the the color of it. I don't know why I sat here and was thinking, like, they're going to get really, like, oh, yeah, like, raunchy with it. See, in my mind, when I hear when I hear the title or see the title of the song, I judge the book by the cover. Can't help it. But yeah. I appreciate that they did not do it. You know, like, my initial thought was, oh, they're going to do something with this. But they kind of kept it really chill. It wasn't too, like, off-putting, which mm-hmm. makes things a lot more digestible because the song's already doing what it needs to do. The girls deliver the sultriness very well. The black and white really just kind of makes it even more, like, almost like a film noir, but not really. You know what I'm saying? It gives, like, that dark yes. kind of look to it. So it was fun. Like, them sitting in the car is interesting. I mean, people mm-hmm. get jiggy in the backseat all the time. But the, the the wind is blowing in the backseat. It's just very much like everyone's out in the city, trying to get whatever they're trying to get and the girls are kind of just making commentary about it. that's what it feels like they're kind of just like you know they just see what's yep. going on but yeah no, i think i think it's a simple video i do wish for like maybe like scenes of them all together and kind of like you know bopping. you know dance you're bopping together. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> not me doing it not saying what i was doing but yeah a little bit of bopping would have been fun like a whole like group scene but it was okay i like the whole like metropolis vibe but nothing like wow amazing yeah, I think it's cool. I think it is subtle, but it does work. I do love how, like, the guys on the payphones and stuff, it does get a little sleazy because it's like, what are they doing on those payphones? But it never kind of crosses the line there. It's more just kind of a question mark there. Yeah, And yeah. then there are other random miscellaneous conversations happening on the phone, too. Like, you have people arguing and, like, you know, other non-sexy things. And yeah, just little things like even the random woman hitting the golf ball and stuff. Like, yeah, it was all just like kind of cool. Like it, it didn't really make sense, but it was, yeah, it was cool. And then performance wise. So Mel was very pregnant during these promo performances. Yeah. So seeing her do like all those hip hits and she's like yes. about to pop. It's like, dang. <laughs> that poor baby. <laughs> yeah. um, they did do an unplugged version recently on radio mm-hmm. or a few years ago now. That is such a good version. It sounds so good. You would never think that this would work well acoustic, (laughs) but it does. I'm crying. You know, it passed the Dolly Parton test that you were talking about. Which is surprising. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with this one. (laughs) (laughs) That shows that, you know, Shazney could write a good song. All right. But, um, but yeah, no, you're right. The belly twerking was great. Um, But yes, no, um, that aside, that, that aside, what do you give this? Because I actually gave it a similar score. It was close. For me, for um, never ever. Oh wow! Yeah, because it fits my personal like taste. 
and stuff mm-hmm. like what I used to be into. Right. I gave this one like an eight point five. So. Okay. Yeah. I will go an eight. Yes. Okay. okay. Up next, we have <laughs> I Know Where It's At, which was done by Shazne Lewis, KG, Magnus Fiend, and Cameron McVeigh with a sample of The Fez by Steely Dan. And this was released in August 1997 as All Saints' debut single, and it hit number four in the UK and number 36 on the US Billboard Hot 100. Uh-huh. What do you think? I remember you showed me this video, and I was like, I wish I was that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. I don't I know we're not talking about the video just yet, but I'll get into it a little bit later. But I like this. No tea, no shade to any group, anybody. But this group is super lucky that they had someone like competent enough to contribute to the musical composition and understand the sound of the group. Like I'm not sure what pre-debut was like for them, but like it goes to show like once you have a member or you have a producer or someone that really knows the vocals of of a group or as an of an artist it helps because it's like there's not going to be someone that sounds like them if you know what the heck you're doing oh my gosh and like the first harmony i know where it's in as in unison it's unison but it's nice to hear and then the beat the the drum beat comes in you're like oh where's this going where is it at where is it going i want to go with you like it's nice (laughs) and it's like again the beat is just this funky little thing like it's just Pop personality with a G mentality. You know, I love it. Still stole that from Alia. But, you know, it's just really cool. And I remember showing you showing me the song and I heard Shazne's rap and I was like, this is, oh my God, this is very much like left eye. I think her adopting that American rap accent was smart too. Because I mean, like when I heard it, I was like, hang on, wait, 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 stop. I think that's probably why I like them too. They kind of sound like TLC, not in a copy, copy way. But yeah. I hear Chili's voice in some of these chorus harmonies i i hear left eye in the raps doesn't mean they were copying but it's one of those things where it's like oh i remember i hear i like and it's actually good enough to stand on its own where if i didn't know clc i would probably still like this Mm -hmm. this is my own personal taste um but yeah it's interesting what you guys had to listen to like in the uk you know it's just like when we did the eternal one-on-one video Mm -hmm. they had a couple songs that remind me of like whitney houston or like you know yeah like power of love sounded like emotions to me you know what i'm saying so it's one of those things where it's like the Brits had something. The U.S. had something. When you put them, now we're listening to it, like, retrospectively, it's like, whoa, this is pretty freaking tight. So, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to stop because I can go on about this song for days. Yeah. But to you be know. fair, it actually did hit the top 40 in the U.S. too. So some people do still remember this one too, which is good. Um, but, yeah, I think this is classic. Like, it's got so many great elements of a great 90s pop song. Yeah. I do miss the self-referential pop songs as well, where they call themselves out. Like, I know it's cheesy, but I do love it. Is it? it? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if it's done right, it's not too cheesy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, But even yeah. the really cheesy ones are great. <laughs> S-Club Party, anyone? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy the whole structure of the track. The intro is like a chant, you know? Like a, like a battle cry. And it's instantly catchy, starting immediately with the chorus. It's just a great sing-along moment. Yeah. The production is relatively simple it's kind of a more typical r&b drum loop again nothing too much going on in the instrumental it's got a nice bass line but it really does rely on the vocals and the harmonies and stuff to kind of give it the structure and give it the depth which is nice yeah so yeah i also love Chazney's rapping as well she actually doesn't rap that much throughout the whole discography this one might be one of the only s- singles really uh, there's like one more on this album but but yeah 
it, it is interesting because I do love it. I feel like in I feel like she could use that more actually. Maybe maybe when we delve a little bit more, but I think it was, it was also it's like a shame, but also smart because then I probably would have been like it sounds like TLC throughout if they would. That's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like special choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, they did not have to refilm this video for the U.S. They did release the same one globally because it is a great video. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Now you can talk it looks about so it. so hot. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> say I had friends like this. I mean, I mean, my friends are very cool. But like, if I was like, <laughs> but like, I would say I was in a girl group because of that. That's my point. I wish I was in a girl group. Like, mm-hmm. they're literally just wearing freaking low rise jeans and tank tops. And I was like, I want to wear low rise jeans and tank tops. Like, it's very much like. Regina Gina Jores wore tank top and flip flops, so I wore tank tops and flip flops, and that's what these girls are doing. Like I looked at them and I was like, I want to wear the glasses on my head. I want to wear Shazne's hair, the wig. I want to wear that. I want to wear <laughs> all of it. Like I want to be part of this. I think the color grading in this video is very interesting because it's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. It's almost I thought it was like overexposure, but it's not. It's just the colors are muted for the bodies, and then it's um set to one tone in the background. So it kind of makes you focus on whoever's singing in the middle. There's a lot of depth in it, too, because they're in a bunch of freaking hallways. I don't know where they're going, but they know where it's at, wherever it they is. Do. They're, they're still going to it. <laughs> this whole video is where they're going. <laughs> like, I was like, they were walking the whole video. And I'm like, yo, are you going to get wherever this at is? Like, wherever it is? The bedroom, let me on the bed. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. They look hot. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to me in terms, I guess. Oh, hang on. They know where it's at. Maybe That's where it's at. Where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. It is very much like where wannabe, the zig zig ad. You didn't know what it was until you got older. Now I'm older. <laughs> I'm looking at this video and I'm like, oh, that's where it's at. But get down. Get down, Saudi. Get down. <laughs> what did you think of this video when you were little, Chris? You know, like, what were your thoughts? I loved it. They're so cool. Because it, it really is what I was saying before. Like, they're the, they were such a good opposite to the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls were super colorful and they were loud. And they, you know, when they entered the room, they like took it over. All Saints were the opposite where they're just like, we don't care. Like, we don't need to try that hard. We know we're living our best lives, you know? So just a great, yeah, just great to kind of have the two as kind of the leading girl groups at the time. So, and they're great. It's very entertaining. And there's nothing's even really happening, but they kill no, it. No, but just, uh, yeah. I know, if you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love the ripping as well. It's great. Oh, yeah. Very good at it. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. Mm-hmm. All right. So I will give this one a 9.5. How about you? I'm going to give this one a 10 because, again, it fits my sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> good one fair, fair. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Up next is Under the Bridge, and this is a cover of Under the Bridge by Red Hot Tilly Peppers, and it was written by Chad Smith, Anthony Kiedis, John Frusciante, and Flea. And for this version, it was produced by Nellie Hooper and KG. This was released as a double A side with their cover of Lady Marmalade, and the single became the group's second number one single in the UK. And this version was inspired by member Natalie's love of rock music and interpreted with the group's R&B pop sound. And this cover actually received a lot of mixed reviews, including Anthony from Red Hot Chili Peppers, because he was not a fan. Mm. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't blame him. 
because I actually knew this version first. The the oh no, the Red Hot Chili Peppers version first. Excuse me. Yeah. No offense. No offense. But the original meaning is about someone hitting rock bottom as an addict. And yeah. I'm sorry for saying it strangely. I just don't want YouTube to get funky with us guys. Sorry. Um. Uh, but yeah, as an addict and. Even though the girls sound good, I can understand his disdain. Like, you hit rock bottom. You know people have rock... It's ruined... This... Drugas has ruined people's lives and, and we wrote a song about it. And yes, it may be catchy, but it's very personal. But yeah, it's almost like with Girls Aloud doing Stay Another Day. Like, someone's brother had passed away and you guys covered it. Like, eh, like it was meaningful mm. for people. So it's a little bit difficult. And I'm not saying that you can't cover a song just because it has these deep meanings. But there's other songs you can cover. You know what I'm saying? In their defense, though, I think that they did a good job. They sounded good. And I'm not saying that the girls could not relate, but it's just, eh, I don't know what the strong enough reason outside of being a fan was. You know what I'm saying? So that's my only kind of like, dang, maybe maybe not the song. But now on to some, you know, some compliments. I do appreciate the way they made it all sanctified. <laughs> I think the mid, mid-tempo hip-hop approach may have not been the complete route to take with this. But I will say that it kind of added to the storytelling of the lyrics and it made me think of like inner city. And I hate that I thought that, but it just helps because I know the meaning of the song. And for them to kind of take like, this more quote unquote urban approach, it made me think of like poverty stricken areas and urban areas. That's what this kind of does that. Because aside from that, I really can't really correlate any other emotion with that except what I know about the song. Now, objectively, like thinking about it, it sounds cool for them. The harmonies are really nice because there's no harmonies in the original. Not not no harmonies, but not as prominent um, mm-hmm. in there in the original. So I appreciated it. It was definitely somber enough to really feel believable. But yeah, I mean, they did a, a, a good job to me. It's just, again, I think with all those dynamics and the nuances and all these other layers, kind of just it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So for me, obviously, I was like seven or eight. So mm. I had not heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers one before. The first time I heard the song was the All Saints one. So very different experience, I guess. So I have mm-hmm. no emotional attachment to the original at all. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. So it's hard for me to like, obviously, looking at it retrospectively, I understand the critique of it. And I actually really like the Red Hot Chili Peppers version as well. But I actually do think the All Saints one is quite good. They did truly make it their own. They did at least keep the signature guitar riff there and the rest of the production. I don't know. I think it's cool. It retains the darkness that is mm-hmm. the original. Like, it's not like Stay Another Day in the sense where they're suddenly <laughs> saying it like it's like this a disco. right pop song <laughs> yeah. about a relationship. Like, this one still feels like it could be about the same subject matter, really, in the way they're emoting it. And so I think they actually did a good job with that. And the harmonies, for sure, are my favorite part of the song. And it's all very low as well, which Chazanay is always really good about. And then there's kind of the switch up for the final courses, too, where it kind of has its own melody. It gets kind of like staccato and stuff. So it's kind of cool. And finally, we get to hear Natalie do a full verse. She sings the second verse. And I have to say, I love Natalie's tone as well. She brings something very different from Melanie and Chazanay, but she balances them well. It's thick a bit more rock stylistically, a bit more belty. Yeah. She sounds like Katie from uh, Bardo to me a little bit in that sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the other two are a bit more icy. And even Nicole as well. Nicole can also be a bit more icy as well. Mm-hmm. So Natalie brings a bit more of a warmth there that mm-hmm. maybe the other three don't have. So yeah, I just think the four of them just have a really, really cool blend. 
And it's great that Natalie gets a little moment here for sure. Finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the music video actually served as a part two to the music video for Lady Marmalade. Uh, so in Lady Marmalade, which we'll talk about later, obviously, they are at a party in an apartment building. And then, spoiler alert, it collapses. So then under the bridge is them, like, struggling on the remains of the building. Uh, I do think it's a cool visual. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't really go anywhere after the initial setup. So once you kind of realize what's going on, that it's kind of like, okay, like, is anything else going to happen now? But they look cool. They all have, like, funky hair and stuff, and, and they are styled pretty coolly. I do have to say, though, the only complaint, they couldn't get someone who at least can play the actual guitar riff in the beginning and the ending. Like, they just have this random kid that's strumming, and it's like, it doesn't even look like the guitar. <laughs> the kid in the alleyway, yeah. The alleyway, yeah. the hallway. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm crying in the club. But, you know, I agree. I, You know, you, you mentioned um, the second verse. Yeah, I was like, in my notes, I said the vocal delivery, she just floats on the song. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, this video definitely adds to what I was saying. Like, it makes you think of, the way their approaches makes me think of, like, inner city. And this <laughs> looks like an urban area that's been, like, dilapidated, like a project. I'm not saying who lives in a project. I'm just saying it looks like a project. But yeah, it also reminds me of the Evanescent music video because of like the the looking down. On the, oh yeah, yeah. Life. I know like the chicken before the egg, like one became one came before the other, obviously. But I just think of that. But yeah, I think the video does what it needs to do. They still look super cool, which is yeah. crazy. Like it's so annoying. I'm like, how do you guys do this so effortlessly? But yeah, it, I I do appreciate the video being dark. And still maintaining the thematic elements of the lyrics, mm-hmm. but also bringing that quote unquote urban appeal that the beat actually has into mm-hmm. it. So, again, it's all encompasses, encompasses everything really well. Like this man's feelings, though, no offense to them at all, to Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's not going to change my score. They're still going to get a really good score. Sorry, man. All right. So, what do you give it? I'm going to give this one a nine. Yeah, I like this one. No, I'm going to go 9.5. I do really like it as well. Also, just one quick shout out to the dance routine. More bopping. More hip listen, hits. Listen. More bopping. Oh, man, it's great. Listen, the sugar babes have the sway. This yep. girl got the bop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to track five, our first album track. We have Heaven. And this one was written by all four members of All Saints, Shazne Lewis, Melanie Blatt, Natalie Appleton, and Nicole Appleton. And they wrote it alongside Magnus Fiends and Cameron McVeigh. What do you think yeah. of this one? Cameron McVeigh. We talked about him earlier. Yes, we he talk- eventually then worked with the Sugar Babes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look at him. Getting his start. Getting a start with a cool group and getting with another cool group. He knows his bag. Yeah, this one is interesting because we're, it's an album track, like you said, but oh man, that bass line, the zippy, zappy little buzzing in your ear. Oh man, there was there was no I had no clue about where the song was going to go in my mind. And then like there's a sound of bells. I'm like, okay, I see the title. I looked back because I try to listen to it without like looking at the titles too much because I'm like, I want to see what's going to happen. I don't want to come up with a conclusion of my own. But this one was interesting because I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like, there's something really lucid about this song. Like, there's a structure obviously, there's a verse and a chorus, but something about it also feels amorphous. Like, there's. Like, the emotions in the lyrics depict that, like, kind of lucidness. It's very, like, all, not all over the place, but it just flows in this very, like, conversational ways. There's time for the track to breathe and you to really appreciate what's happening with the production. But you're still singing in the verse. Like, there's a two-part verse in the first verse. And I was like, wait, what? What's going on? So that's why I felt like it was a little amorphous and felt a little, like, strange. And I think that the uncertainty, like, it feels 
like it's like an oxymoron, but their uncertainty feels very sure. Like they know that they're uncertain about things. They don't know where life is going to go. And like, this is out of my hands, but I'm okay with that. And I like that the lyrics kind of have that storyline, even as mm-hmm. it progresses. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. I still don't know what's happening. And then eventually like accepting that. And I appreciate that when the song just vamps without the music, I'm like, what's going on? Ah. And then the chorus comes in, it just floats and like, ah, I don't, I didn't know how to feel about it at first, but I was like, I like the song because I didn't listen to the lyrics. I was just like, wait, that's not, that's not the verse? That's the chorus? That's the... I was so busy questioning. When I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is solid. So I like this one. I think it's definitely a good example of like having a strong freaking album track instead of just being a filler. When did you first hear the song, by the way? Did you buy the album or is this like something that Yes, my that sister you... bought the album. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Okay. But I'm pretty sure I listened to it more than she did. <laughs> Someone ruined this album with my CD player. Go off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this one, again, it's really mm-hmm. cool. I'm probably going to use that word for everything. But to have a song called Heaven that is not super cheesy and to have the lyrics be like kind of hopeful, but then confusing and also kind of sad as well. Like it's just a really interesting balance and very poetic. And they all emote that very well. Mm-hmm. I think the melody is super, super pretty. Again, the build of the harmonies just keeps the song growing. I absolutely love Chazenay's bridge with Mel's responses as well. Just a really, really cool moment. And then you get this kind of like whirling bass as well. That's that's kind of awesome. I do have a question, though, for the fans, because I have always found it sometimes tough to tell Natalie and Nicole apart. And I know Natalie is singing the second verse, but is it Nicole leading the chorus here? So yeah, let me know. I can't fully tell. Natalie's usually a bit huskier, a little thicker. No, I don't. But you they mean. do kind of sound very similar. So can't fully tell. So let me know what you think. <laughs> no, that's valid. That's so valid. Because sometimes like I'll get like certain vocals mes- mixed up. They're like related. Like me and my sister, I'm obviously the better singer. But like sometimes I'll, I'll hit note and it should be like, oh my god, yeah, no, that's you. <laughs> you know, like you just the t- just totally we were related. But yeah, no, this this song is. Sad nuts. I think the, the bridge was definitely like, it's like a bridge outro thingy. It was very wonky. I like that yes. one. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. I'm going to give it an 8.5 because I like it a lot. Okay. I like it a lot. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it an 8. All right, y'all. Let's hop into that next track. And up next, we have Alone. It's done by Shazne Lewis once again and KG. Woo! KG. Yes. KG again coming through with those interesting sounds. That fart noise at the start of the song is so odd. And it shows up at kind of select moments throughout the song as well. But that was definitely a choice. Yeah. I will say, though, production-wise, I do appreciate that the instrumental plays a role in the melodies, actually, as well in here. Yeah, this song's not my favorite, I'm going to be honest. I think the vocal production is probably the most interesting part of the song because you kind of have the leads where they're kind of like... It sounds like they're on a phone, on the other end of a phone line. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the harmonies are very clear. So it's just a cool listening experience to have the harmonies be the ones that are not the distorted ones. And the harmonies are super tight in this one as well, I have to say. Yes, yes. they are tight. Yeah, melodically, yeah, again, it's like very nonchalant. Although the lyrics are actually kind of deep as well. You know, they're like kind of questioning their partner's thoughts and feelings. But then like they don't want to end up alone. So there's kind of like... What do I need to do to, to not be alone? So yeah, just an interesting angle, I guess, to that subject. Yes. 
But yeah, I mean, I think the song is like just okay. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, and among the album, it's not a very memorable one for me. Yeah, I believe it was a B-side to I Know Where It's At, maybe. And so I find it odd that then it ended up on the album as well. Because actually some of the B-sides from this album here are great. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think? You know, this one's Sonic choices were a little grating for me. Especially that high-pitched whistle that appears. I can't remember now, but it's a very high-pitched like that. that I'm singing down several octaves. But I almost turned my, I almost turned my computer off. I almost ripped my headphones out. I was listening to my car. I just don't like it. I don't mind the little beatbox and the sound. Because it's a beatbox. That's what I think. And he's a little fart sound. That's a happy week. He said a little fart sound. <laughs> I don't mind it at first. But yeah, that, that whistle throughout the course, I don't care for it. Um, The filter, that voice effect, that radio, it's meant to make it sound, a radio filter, it's meant to make it sound like a phone call. I guess it was there to add that cool effect. I actually don't mind it. But the effortless approach on the album at this point is starting to feel a little more just uninspired slash bored. Not saying that they didn't, we weren't feeling inspired, but now it's starting to kind of be a little like too cool for school. Like after a while, like it's okay to start kind of introducing a little bit more energetic, you know, tones in the verses. But yeah, I just, I mean, at this point, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I wanted a little bit of a switch in the vocal approach, the sonic approach. Is it laid back and cool? Absolutely. But sure, after the umpteenth track being this way, what is the charm of this song? Right. And that's where I'm like, OK, the fatigue was starting to set in a little bit for me. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I agree with you in terms of like, this ain't do it all the way for me. You know, so I gave like an average score of like a like, was like six. OK, I'll go slightly higher. I'll do a 6.5. Yeah. Oh. All right. Moving on to. If You Want a Party, I Found Love In, which was done by Michael Walker, Johnny Flippin, and Johnny Douglas. And this samples I Found Love In by the Fatback Band. Okay, so this one has quite a story. So really? it was originally recorded in 1995 under the name Let's Get Started by the group's first iteration, All Saints, 1975, when Chazenay and Mel were a duo. There was a third member named Simone who had just quit right before the release of the song. So then it was rewritten, re-recorded, and retitled for the album after the Appleton sisters joined. And the song was then released as a single exclusively only in Japan with an exclusive Japanese music video as well. You know, I get the whole territories <laughs> thing, but the, the, the Japanese thing, I don't get. Why? Japanese people love their pop songs. No, 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 no. But why is it specifically to appeal to Japanese, like, listeners? It's so interesting because, like, I guess at the time, like, even with, like, Prince songs, my friend's a huge Prince fan. She gets all these illegal downloads from Japan because she has hookups and stuff like that. And I'm like, why was this the Japanese? It was like, fine out here. Like, like this right here. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many black Americans would love I found love? Like, the original. That's why I said, that. like, I love this song when you were, like, talking. I love the original song. Since I found you, I love you. I just want to sing it now. I love the freaking song. You know how many black Americans would have loved this? So I just don't understand uh. why the Japanese got it first. I mean, got it solely, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I like this song. The original is so freaking good. But, yeah, uh, it definitely picks up the energy of the album in an authentic yes. way. In an authentic way. And that that's what matters. It wasn't just like, well, here it is. Here we go. Um, and I appreciate that. And I think they kind of made um, the the original track 
of I found love in was very much like there's like this weird why are we sent in the original one because of like the time of the technology that they had. So I like that they kind of spruced it up a little bit because <laughs> it was a little it's mildly grating the original because uh, there's like a weird high pitched whistle as well in that song. But, you know, this one is fun. We got a little rap again. She's back rapping. And it makes sense. And it feels authentic because we already got the rap and I know where it's at. So, again, it just feels super authentic. And this one, I love the way that the vocals are mixed in the chorus. Like that one voice made of several harmonies. Totally appreciate it. I mean, like they're really focused on the blend in the studio. And I appreciate the, the mix on that. And, again, the the rap makes everything feel like a kickback. Like this song is very much like Black Barbecue for sure. And it's fun. It adds to the song's vocal dynamic, which I wanted from before. And interestingly enough, I heard this song, like the whole song throughout, and I was like, oh man, I hear like like an SM band, an SM group doing this. Like our Red Velvet is a K-pop group that does a lot of like R&B songs, like with this kind of way, this the way everything's mixed and even the structure of the song. And I was like, you know what, All Saints, I think high key, low key, may have had an influence. But again, like I said, K-pop is definitely influenced by like early British and like Swedish writers and stuff like that too. But like this song is fun. It does what it needs to do, which is revamp the, regalvanize me as a listener. <laughs> um, so yeah, I appreciate it as a track for sure. Nice. Did you have a chance to listen to the original duo version as well? It's kind of interesting to hear kind of like how the song grew because there's definitely a chillness mm. in the duo version where they kind of definitely made it more poppy for the final kind of refined version for the four of them. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting show of also just the transition of music from like the mid 90s to the late 90s as well, because there's exactly. like a three or four year difference there. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of Absolutely. interesting. No, you're right. It does have a little bit more of like a this is for the urban market sound. Yeah, Sorry, I thought it'd be funny, but it does. Totally. Even the original video just looks like a looks like how '90s videos were like when Aliyah came out with um back and forth that overexposure or like the oversaturation the block party yeah. like very much like that yeah mm-hmm. and every, the way everyone's dressed is very like real love the dancing of the water very black American music <laughs> video <laughs> just fine <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah I do really like the song it's got such a happy melody which I do agree it's kind of needed on this album because it was getting a little dark. And somber <laughs> up until now. Uh, so yeah, it was good to have a song that's just fun to sing along to. And though the two Appleton sisters don't get lead vocals on this song, because you get this progression, because you get to hear like the mm-hmm. version of the duo, then the version with all four, you can see mm-hmm. how important the two of them actually were to the blend. They add so yes. much to the chorus and to those backing vocals. It sounds so much more powerful. And the way they rewrote, all the choices they made to rewrite the song were all really good as well. The second verse is much stronger. Uh, So yeah, just kind of fun to hear a song kind of grow in that way. But yeah, I think this totally could have been an international single. I mean, they released like seven singles from this album. So, you know, yeah, I I guess maybe I Know Where It's At kind of fulfilled this kind of type of sound. So they kind of wanted to show everything else. Because to be fair, every single single they released are completely different from this album. But yeah, this one's a great one. They did actually sing it on their more recent tours. It's kind of like a band introduction song. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad they're still referencing it for sure. Solid song. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you rate it then? I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm going to be not, I'm not to be too generous. <laughs> okay. I'm going to 8. I'm going to 8. The sample got me. I think I love the original. They did it just, I hate remakes of like old, old songs because they don't do it well. But back in the 90s, they actually put effort when they sampled in, so shade them. Up next, we have Trap by member Melanie Blatt. 
Neville Henry, Karen Gibbs, and John Benson. Ooh, okay. We're back to the chill. Okay. Back to the cool. But there's a little brightness in the vocal delivery, I would say. Now, this is the first time we're seeing Melanie's name on a credit, right? Like, this is the first time we've, like, okay. um, Without Shaz, yeah, without Shaz. Yeah. It's interesting. Them being influenced by R&B really separates them sonically from other groups we've discussed on the show. Like, the Sugar Babes had the coolness, but it did lean a little bit more, like, pop and, like, soul. Even with, like, like the Lost Tapes, it feels a little bit more soulful. Girls Aloud were super popalicious. And an Eternal went for, like, diva pop. But, like, All Saints really feels like 90s R&B groups like TLC, Jade, Jade, like, that kind of thing. And um, that being said, I thought that this song was going to go in a sexy direction. <laughs> like, what, an American R&B pop group. If you listen to this, just, like, the production. Without the lyrics, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, hang on, I'm about to get some snaps and some body rolls and some, you know, some lip bites. No, this is more about, like existentialism and mental health which i appreciate (laughs) which i appreciate because it definitely makes you kind of listen twice where it's like i'm I'm feeling this is nice okay i'm feeling this what's going on oh she's feeling sad she literally says she feels a little bit sad okay um you can appreciate that it creates like this dissonance in terms of the mood of the production and the words being said because no one really thinks mental health is that cool this song is like kind of making it almost approachable to discuss like i feel this way too shoot Put that track on real quick while I, while I drink something or whatever you were doing at the time or now. Like, this is depression, but, like, depression. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a little, like, not fancy, but it sounds a little bit more, like, again, approachable. And I think the mix and match of the beat and the vocals definitely draws me to the song. I do wish that the bridge would have gone some, somewhere other than trap. Uh, uh, trap. Like, come on. Like, ugh. It kind of fell by the wayside. The, the bridge fell by the wayside for me, but I'll let it go. It made me deduct, deduct like some points just a little bit oh interesting i actually don't mind the bridge actually yeah so i actually really like this song uh-huh. i think it, it fits well sonically but it does stand out from the on the album in a good way I think. yeah and i i do yeah. love songs that are told as like third person stories oh yeah that's usually that's a relatively rare in pop music so that's always refreshing and yeah these lyrics are definitely dark and it's interesting because i remember loving this one as a kid too more so just because more melodically i think i was about to say it's like a very like yeah because i'm like oh this is like really sad story like this poor woman has no idea where her life is going you know it's like oh god yeah and i think the whole structure is really interesting like you do have some little spoken moments there's a lot of call and response as well uh so it's kind of like I don't know, depending on how you want to view it, like if one of them represents the character in this, it's like calling it for help. And it could even be seen as kind of spiritual as well, or or it could be seen as an internal conversation yeah, as well. Like, yeah, there's just like a lot of layers to it, which I appreciate. And I think the melody is very, very pretty. I think Melanie, for the songs that she writes, for All Saints, there's always a really beautiful melody. So she's really good at that. And yeah, I think the production has some cool elements. There's some dreamy synth stabs in there, some subtle vocal loops as well. And again, it showcases all the different tones in the group. Yes, very well. So yeah, we love a deep pop song. I'm into it. I like this one. I give it a nine. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about how when I first heard the beat coming, I was like, yes, give me that. Because we don't have a sexy song like Booty Call on this album yet, you know? But again, it did not make me just deduct much points that bridge that uh, 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 uh. I gave it an 8.5. Not that, <laughs> not that much. 
I still like it. It's just <laughs> lazy to me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Moving on to Beg. We have Ooh. Chesney Lewis, Johnny Douglas, and John Benson. This was a fun one. What do you think? There was a lot of bass in that Beg. That was that was very radio-friendly voice of you. <laughs> I tried to emulate how they do it. No, that was perfect. Like, that was very radio-friendly. <laughs> I was like, wow, was good range, good range. Um, You know what? Just when I thought, here is the sexiness. You got a bag. Psych is about a crappy friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. not like, okay, hang on. Wait, this could have been the song that that could have leaned into an unfaithful lover or something. Because, like, telling your friends to get on their knees to beg and that karma will come around and get them as a top line, waste. This is one of those times. No, I'm actually... here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. No, hang on. <laughs> That's vindictive. You better get on your knees. Like, I, I, I get the sentiment where it's just like, you know what? We, you give those dusty old men a chance. Why not give your friends that chance, the same energy? You know what I'm saying? I get that mentality, but it's just so funny because I was like, mm, da-da, da-da, da-da. And it's like about a friend. I was like, bro, bro, don't do this. Don't, please. Like, this is a moment. It's okay, though. Doesn't make me like the song any less, but it did throw me off. Um, but again, I do enjoy the song. The harmonies are tight. Again, jazz personality, G mentality. I'm here for it. It's cool. Very cool. But again, I just wish they would have just gone for the, you know, uh, uh, it's different. But again, I you just fall into the fall into the trap of like, oh yeah, an unfaithful guy. I do appreciate like the the stacks of the vocals of the harmonies, like especially in that uh pre-hook it's it's fun i like it it's mm-hmm. um or the post is it the chorus and in the post chorus the da, 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 you got it you got it yeah yeah um i like it and it's like this really quirky kind of synth in there so this the song just keeps giving it's fun the second verse you have the harmonies where they're kind of belting like i won't let nobody i like that it's mm-hmm. fun there's a lot of parts of this song where i'm like this is a solid stinking song it's just thematically it just threw me off again I can appreciate it, but I would have appreciated it a little bit more if they would have just kind of gone for the whole you ain't ish. I would have appreciated it. But that's more of an American approach. Yeah, but so. you can tell your friend that they aren't ish. Absolutely. I said that. You, the same energy you give these dusty men, you need to give to your friends. Okay? Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think the American in me was just like, you can give me he ain't ish. Give him a girl. Come on. But again, I appreciate the the difference. But it's just so funny because I was like, yes. Bang. <laughs> I especially love, though, because it's like, you screwed me over. You better get on your knees. But even after you get on your knees, I will still not forgive you. That's the best part to me. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, this is great. It's great to see a sassier side to them. It's got a yes. bit more of a funk influence in there as well. I agree. I love how the chorus is mixed with the group moments. Then there's a lead vocal. It's just really, really, really fun. Mel and Shaz bring very different energies to the song as well. Yeah. So the way they execute their choruses are very, very different. So that also keeps it all very interesting. And Nicole coming through with those talky bits. Big baby. <laughs> so good. And there is a live performance as well with Jules Holland with all the horns and stuff, which is awesome. Like hearing it with the big orchestra and everything is very, very cool. And again... That performance reminded me of how messy this era was for them behind the scenes. So just teasing that 101 again. But yes, this one's a highlight for sure. I enjoy it. All right. So you like the thematicness of it. I do. The lyric. So, but, but what is your score? Okay. I will give it an eight. Solid album track. How about you? 
I'm going to give it an eight as well. It's not bad. I, I just want to say I did not deduct points because of the lyrical content. I still appreciated it. But it's not, it's not as up there with the other songs. So I gave a higher score. <laughs> up next is Lady Marmalade. And this is a cover and reinterpretation of LaBelle's 1974's hit, Lady Marmalade. And it was written by Kenny Nolan and Bob Crew and reproduced by Neville Henry, Karen Gibbs, Johnny Douglas, and John Benson. And this was released as a double A-side with Under the Bridge, as we previously mentioned. And the groups took the original hook and added new rap verses. The number one single had a brand new single mix and also had a remix done by Timbaland that was included on the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack. Yes, so Lady Marmalade. So actually, Mm. I'm pretty sure this is the first version of Lady Marmalade I had ever heard. Mm, Before the... Before the LaBelle one, and then before, obviously, the Moulin Rouge one. Uh, and I'm pretty sure All Saints' version was inspiration for what would become the Moulin Rouge one. Like, I'm, I feel like this song became part of pop music again, and then the Americans were like, oh, that's a great idea for Moulin that Rouge. That checks out. Yeah. I think their interpretation is fine. I think it's creative. I think it has some interesting elements to it. I think Chazenay's rap verses are cool. Yeah. Um, you know, All Saints are not very soulful in their vocal style. So it's kind of interesting to remove all of that from the original and turn it into something that's just a bit darker, I guess. Yeah. But the harmonies are, are kind of interesting, especially the way that they're mixed. And everything's just kind of a bit icy, which makes it a bit more intimidating as well, which is kind of their thing, right? Like as a group, they're like kind of intimidating. Yes. So if that's kind of the angle that they're going for, like, even when they sing, like, where you think you're sleeping tonight, it's, like, a demand, <laughs> you know? It's not, like, a cheeky, like, sexy thing. It's, like, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. Production-wise, I think the bass line combined with all the DJ scratches is fun. Uh-huh. Um, I have heard this out when I've been in the UK before, and it does go off quite well. And then they always see get into, like, the Moulin Rouge version, so it always works well. So, yeah, you know, I appreciate the uniqueness of their interpretation. Um, I don't really, I need to go back and look exactly why they covered Lady Marmalade and Under the Bridge. I remember, I think there was a reason they did those two. I think there's like a a larger story behind it, but I don't remember it right now. But, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's a memorable moment in their discography. I think it's creative. Is it my favorite All Saints single, though? Not at all. But, Yeah. yeah. What do you think? You know, I agree with you uh, on a lot of it. And and speaking of like the soul, that the you can tell the soulfulness. You can tell like what influences people have. Like me, I'm not a soul singer or like a very melismic kind of singer. That's because of my influences, right? I'm learning that now. With them, I don't hear the funk soul kind of influences. Like even in the second verse, I think it's, it's Melanie, right? The second verse. Yeah. She she's singing like this, and I was like, girl. Girl, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of this going on, and I don't know what accent that is. And I was just like, <laughs> for me, she's French. Because I, I was like, what is that? Because it almost made me turn off the track. I was like, why is she? Who is that? Because I, I did not know the names of the group, and I could not tell them apart yet. I'm still still getting it together. I even asked you just now, who was that? But I know it's Melanie. But it just didn't. It wasn't. It, it, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's my biggest critique of this. And she came in the track singing jazz like that. And I was like, girl, what's happening? <laughs> On a positive note, I do like the um the production in certain points. 
Like in the beginning, I was listening with my headphones and the panning of the boole, boole, boole. I yeah. like that. It was fun. Mm -hmm. um, it was a fun little engineering move. I love the harmonies with the lows. You can hear those low tones and it makes it a lot more rich, which makes me appreciate it a little bit in a different way than I do the one that came here to the West. And honestly, if Timbaland made a remix of this for the Dr. Doolittle track and he and Missy are like bosom buddies, it only makes sense. Because I mean, hello. But yeah, no, I mean, this is, this, it was okay. It does what yeah. it needs to do. Do you prefer the Timbaland one? Oh, you know, no, I don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Same. You know, I just, I hate when like, R&B rap producers try to make pop and then like vice versa because then they try too hard to make it sound. I'm like, just do what you would normally do, <laughs> but just keep in mind that you're doing it for like a girl group or something or like a, just listen to their other stuff and like kind of keep that into consideration. It just doesn't sound like a Timbaland track. Even back then, he was doing way better things. But anywho, do it. now when I listen to it, like even the way Shazanae was rapping, rapping, the way she was rapping. I, her verses are so fun and like his version just kind of stripped that away it was not cool anymore but yeah no i totally think they were like yo we gotta do this for marm uh for moulin rouge <laughs> i like the video though yes so it is the part one of the under the bridge duo there so it's yes. the party they finally went to where it's at <laughs> i'm in tears oh my god yes combine it make it all make sense to me <laughs> they look amazing oh yes honestly back in the day the way they used to like do the makeup and stuff and it's trendy now but like i've always liked it i don't have the face for the thin eyebrows and the lip liner but i've always liked it maybe because my sister's like that much older than me and always kind of rocked that look they looked amazing oh my god i love the color grading i love it it's fun um it looked like this weird little like vampire situation though i'm not gonna hold you like that way the party was it was just like they're looking in the camera <laughs> <laughs> That works, though. That works that with how, like, kind of sinister it feels. That totally yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sorry for those who aren't watching. It's all good if you're not watching. But if you're watching this, you see my, it's just a lot of forehead <laughs> and eyes, you know, like a hairline. You know, but just, <laughs> that was the 90s for you, you know? All that being said, mm. Timbaland remix excluded. Mm. This song is just okay as a remake. And even with Shazne's rap, it's not strong enough for me to give it anything higher than a seven. Seven. Okay, I will go slightly higher. I'll do a 7.5. <laughs> okay, moving on to Take the Key. <laughs> okay, this one was done by Shaznay, Nat Robinson, Kirk Robinson, and KG. And they've noted that this is actually one of their favorite album tracks, actually. Uh. From, like, across their discography. Like, they keep singing it, too, which is cool. Uh, so, yeah, this one's, this one's interesting. It's kind of more adult contemporary. R&B, sexy, nice to hear something a bit more intimate on this album, finally, finally. I guess, <laughs> for you, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the instrumental. I think the staccato of the guitar, the keyboard hits give the song like an interesting energy and a lot of like cool syncopated bass drum hits too. Uh -huh. And again, just really beautiful harmonies and relatively subtle as well. And I think the lyrics... They do a good job of not making them too cheesy. They're, they're kind of cheesy if you read them. But again, because they're singing them all kind of quietly and, and breathily, it's more yeah. understated. So there's a nice balance there. And especially in, that, in the live performances, they do an awesome four-part harmony as well, which adds to that. And we get a little Chazenay rap in the bridge, which kind of breaks everything up kind of nicely as well. I, I do wish there were some ad-libs at the end just to kind of give it a bit more of a climax because this is one of those 
R&B songs where the chorus just goes over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> the 90s were just, oh Yeah, God. they loved that. They loved yeah, that. Yeah, the um, fade out. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this one. I think this is another one of those songs that grew on me a lot as I got older. I did not really appreciate this as a kid, so. You know, I hear you, man. You know, um, listen to everyone listening, all saints, all sinners. Oh, new fan name, all sinners. Um, listen, y'all, I know I wanted some intimacy and I'm so glad we got it. I'm not saying that every single R&B has to do it. But it's nice to hear because they're of age, first of all, and they have the chops for it. Like there's the subtlety in which they sing with the harm in the harmonies is whisper-esque, very intimate, very like red light special. We're in the room together. Club performance is very close encounter of the sexual kind. And that's what I like. Me, myself, you don't have to always do it. I get it. But this song was just asking for a little something. The album was asking for a little bit less confrontational as it is in later Marmalade and actually happening unlike Beg. And <laughs> 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 I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But they didn't have this on the album. So There's when some finally... B-sides, actually. So when we get into those. I... Mm. Make sure that you guys leave those comments with the B-side. Or if you want priority... Be sure to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash CCTV Pops to prioritize the B-sides so I can we can get nasty. All right. Um <laughs> teaser, teaser. But you know, I mean, I listened to this and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. The hip hop, it feels like a hip hop sample. There's a vocal loop. I've heard a lot in American R and B hype hip hop songs. And I was actually expecting a rap feature, but it's cool. I mean, Shazane handled it. I do that myself when I write my own songs. Like I can't find a rapper to do it, I'll do it myself. But that's what's so cool about having someone who knows her group vocally but also understand what a song might be calling for it didn't have to be a male rapper it can be a female rapper to add to the dynamism of the track so i appreciate that she is she understands that kind of thing and you know it's, it's nice to bring back the edgy sound not even edgy it's nice to bring back the that laid back kind of feel the tight harmonies but you have sentimental lyrics so again, you can you can appreciate it, and we haven't had a song that was like super intimate on this album. It's like come to the party, we might be innuendoing towards you know a hookup, booty call, ball, heaven, get all these, and now you have like a romantic track. And the thing I don't like though is the strings and the chorus. They're not my favorite, only because like I would prefer live strings. But I can tell someone was just holding a keyboard yeah. on a freaking like oh god, I hate that. But it's not their fault, obviously. But I get what they're trying to do. But yeah, I love the theme of like real love, true love, you know, the key to my heart. The sentiment's very clear and it's not, but it's not cheesy. And I probably would have liked this group as a kid, like if I was cognizant of them. I mean, Dude. just hearing Shazne's rap reminds me now like, like, oh, wow, this is where my influences are coming. Very 90s hip hop rapping. Like I, I have to update my rap skills. But this is definitely something that I probably would have liked as a kid. Nice. So what do you rate it? Hey, I gave it an eight. <laughs> okay. I will do a 7.5. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's tough for me because I know kind of where they went sonically after this. Yeah, it's exciting. So I'm kind of grading it, like knowing the rest of their discography as well. So I'm being a little harder on it. No, I love that. Uh, you know, on our show, Chris and I have a range of experiences with music. Like he knows these Brit pop groups like what more than I do. So it's interesting that you know the whole thing. I mean, I'm just like, I like this one. This time mm. is the best thing I'm ever going to hear. And you're like, nah, it gets better. So it's exciting. Well, I'm very curious, actually, because their sound changes quite a bit. But yeah, Ooh. okay, wait. We have one more song to talk about. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. All right. Finally, we have the last song on the album, War of Nerves. 
This was done by Shaznay and members Natalie and Nicole Appleton, Magnus, and Cameron McVeigh again. Ooh, we got the, got the old band back together. <laughs> but yes, this was released as the final single from the album, and the track was also the last song recorded for the album. And it was inspired by the death of Princess Diana and the theme of mortality. And this has been noted as Natalie's favorite song across the group's back catalog. And this track hit number seven on the UK Singles Chart. Mm-hmm. This song, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's a little slow for me. It was one for the snails, but that doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's a bad song. I don't... Now, when I say it's for the snails, if you are new here, Forever by Spice Girls was the album that I said that for. They have a track that's very slow, and I just didn't like it. But with this one, the pace in which it, you know, progresses is understandable. It kind of reminds me of like a procession for like, you know, someone's passing. So I understand it. It was just a little slow. And I feel like it change in pace would have just shortened it a bit for me. That's it. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just five minutes of just very slow singing. It's just just it's a lot for me sometimes. But yeah, I was trying to figure out what the lyrics were about, like, you know, I was like, is it about the first time? Is it about first love? Because, like, the line, like, the stage fright in my own bed, like, yeah. it raised questions. And I was like, I don't get it. I, don't... I used to think that, too. Yeah. Right? So it, it, yeah. I was listening to it kind of, like, well, you know, just, like, not trying to be critique, critiquing it at the time. Not to be critical. So I just listened to it, like, okay, whatever. But then I looked again, and I was like, oh, it is about someone passing. Like, this is their last breath, and maybe they don't want to go painfully, the kind of thing. So that's when it started making a little bit more sense to me. And that's why I was able to tie, to tie the thematic element with the pacing of the song. But still, I do feel like it's just a little, just a little too slow for me. Because I did speed it up to like 1.25. <laughs> I did. I didn't speed it up that much. Like not, not two times. But I sped it up to a... <laughs> sorry, guys. Listen here. Listen, all, all sinners. I'm so sorry. But I'm not at the same time. The song's a little slow. Five minutes is a long time. I've heard songs that were 12 minutes long. Walk on by by Isaac Hayes is 12 minutes long. I get that. But this one was just a little dry because it was slow. Doesn't mean it's bad. So, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. I do like the song. I do like what it represents. But it was just slow. The song is very, very pretty. And I think the BPM makes sense for what it is. I think I think the slowness adds to how deep it is, I guess. And how sad it is. Because it feels extra vulnerable by being that slow. And then I think their vocal delivery also is very, very vulnerable. And I love the way it's all written and the way that it builds. I think all the harmonies are really pretty. And the song kind of starts off kind of cold and very dark. And then actually ends a bit more warm. Because once you kind of get into the second verse, you get Nicole's harmony on top of Melanie, which is really, really beautiful. Then you have Natalie's bridge, which Mm -hmm. I for sure think is the best moment. It's super impactful. And yeah, I just think it has a really, really nice build to it. So it never feels long to me. I don't remember what I was thinking about it as a kid, but I do remember really liking it, like melodically. So yeah, I do think it was a risk as a single, but I think they had been so successful up to that point that they were allowed to kind of just release their favorite songs basically from this album. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the video? This is another example of like getting it right in terms of like the feeling of it. Like the video was a lot more warmer and like color grading for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wasn't expecting that. Like a lot of like oranges and like yellows, like the hues were interesting. 
But yeah, the video did help me like get through the song because I wanted to know what the story was about. There were some interesting B-rolls, like, you know, like, like with a cigarette, them just kind of like not chilling, but them being alone, standing by, like with their silhouette, standing by like populated areas, but being alone and walking away from everything. And it's it's an interesting video where it makes you kind of feel a little like it kind of makes you question what's going on a lot because it's like you're surrounded by all these people and yet you feel really lonely. And there's also like a little bit of an element of like sensuality to it. Mm-hmm. Only because of the dance scene. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, I need to be free. I want to be like, you know, and it's, you dance your dance your pain away in this weird way. But it's just, you know, once the party's over, you're still alone. It's kind of the vibe I got from it. I do like some of the the mirror images on the table. Again, it's just like a lot of like, not, is it metaphor? Yeah, metaphors for like loneliness. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I liked, I liked how strange it was. It was weird. And the fighting scene was kind of like, kind of like shocking a bit because everything looks super fun, not glamorous, but like, oh, we're having a good time. And then crap got real. Yeah. Crap got real. So I think, I think it, it balances things well. Like, I, I feel like if it was done in America, it would have been a weird, crappy video. But this actually did what it needed to do. It just feels very like isolated, even though they're surrounded by a bunch of, you know, I keep saying the same thing, but that's all I got from it was just like, you can have a bunch of people around you and still feel alone. Like your last moments, you're alone. It's very pensive. Yeah. There was something very eerie about it. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't really understand what was going on. Like they're, are they involved in crimes? I don't, I don't really know. Like there, there definitely is like an interesting, like if you take the idea of death into account as this kind of overarching theme, I don't know. It's just a bit, I guess you could interpret it kind of however you want, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, uh, so, yeah. the tour bus was weird, but oh yeah, it plays into like I guess their fame, where it's like you know they're alone, it's surrounded mm. by a bunch of people, and then maybe like the infighting that might be happening or might have happened, but mm. it's between two sisters instead of like everyone else, <laughs> yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Maybe. I mean, I thought also with whole kind of Princess Diana kind of inspiration as well, oh, like, yeah. all the vehicles. Also, oh, I wasn't yeah. really sure if that was absolutely yeah a thing. Yeah, very I interesting thought, yeah. video. Yeah, it's weird. Like a funeral almost. <laughs> I will say the performances were very boring. Get out of here. Is it the chairs? Yeah, they're just sitting there. It is funny. There is that There is that one where Natalie's wearing like sunglasses and she's clearly oh hungover. God. Yes. <laughs> and they're all lip syncing because they couldn't be bothered to, to sound check or something. Yeah, which is, which is interesting. <laughs> I remember you showing me that and you were like, I think she's hungover. You're like, I she's yeah. clearly hungover. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> but then, you know, now that they, when they perform it now, actually Natalie sings lead on it, which is very interesting. Because I think, as you noted, like, she's always saying it's her favorite. So, yeah, she kind of makes it her moment in the shows now, which is interesting. I see, I love that for her. I love that for her. That's, that's a satisfying moment. Yeah. <laughs> satisfying. All right. So I will give this one a nine. How about you? Uh. As long as it is, Isaac Hayes has a 12-minute song, Walk On By. And I, too, think that takes forever. That doesn't mean I don't like the song. So I will give this one an 8.5. Okay. Yeah. It's slow as hell, but I do like it. I do like it melodically. It's great. Okay, so we finished with the album. We're now at our cut or keep section. So if I had to cut a song off the album, it would be Alone. I knew it. Yeah, always has been. Even since I was a kid, that's always been my least favorite one. Dang it. You know what? Honestly, honestly, that's the one I'm going to cut to because it's just, 
It's yeah. okay. It ain't yeah. nothing special. <laughs> yeah. As a track that I would keep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know what? I probably would keep the I Found Love If You Want to Party. Because I would love to show this to someone and be like, yo, this is like a British pop girl group. Like, again, a lot of black Americans, we, our parents, Sunday morning, Saturday, Saturday, whatever, you cleaning up to this song, <laughs> the original, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just the nostalgia brings me back in for sure. Nice. Uh, which one would you keep? It has to be Never Ever. I think it's one of the best British pop songs ever. It's solid. Super yeah. solid. Yeah. So I will stick with that one. All right. So, yeah, I think this is a solid debut album. Like, it's very mature, very refined. They defined their sound already as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it really lays a foundation for where their career would eventually go. It's kind of interesting listening to it back because it's very hard yeah. for me to process, like, what I thought of how, why I liked this so much as a... Mm-hmm young kid because it's Ugh. very mature actually <laughs> but yeah i love it is it my favorite all saints album though no copy that yeah and that, you know that's the beauty of our of our show like i was saying earlier because you have that experience with it you have a broader scope me i'm like i i believe you i just don't know what's going to come next so i think yeah, like this yeah. is a pretty solid album so all, all centers whatever i've said now the old against me or not, but you know it, it does what it needs to do as an album. But yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty solid. I don't, and also tying in with like what I used to like as a kid and like the R and B groups and like how I even write my songs now. Like I I appreciate something like this for sure. So yeah, I think it's pretty solid. And based on my scores, I think I'm saying around like an eight overall. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll give it an eight as well, maybe an eight point five. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right, y'all. Listen, come a long way. Have we done all the big pop groups we've, we've, we've requ- people have requested? No, no request- not even close. We will never run out of episode <laughs> topics, which is why we need your help. Help yes. us prioritize, please. Oh my gosh, yes. But um, yeah. So <laughs> so now we're 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 looking back on All Saints. I think we've started this journey now, so we're gonna have to just keep going about going on with it, right? <laughs> next album after next album. But yeah, what's up with them now? Have they been like? Yeah, I believe they're on a bit of a hiatus now, but they were active for quite a few years, kind of pre-COVID, maybe right after COVID as well. They released a couple albums, and yeah, I guess they're on a break now again. Okay, well, I mean, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting to see what's going to happen next. But yes, if you're an All Saints fan, let us know in the comments what you all think. Let us know your ratings, what songs you were cut, you would keep, all that good stuff. And let us know what other albums you'd like to hear us review. And if you'd like to hang out with us and the crew on Patreon to get priority choice, you can actually comment below or message us at CCTV Pops on all social media. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on all the notifications for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow, rating, and a review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. Signing off from CCTV, the nonstop pop show. Bye.